0: Hey, yo, what up? Soba's It's your boy, Kyle Raps, your host. I am an addict and I got the opportunity to, it was really great. I was able to interview Raven, who is a, an addict. She's a recovering junkie. I mean, like real deal junkie, an LA native, very powerful story. Great to be able to interview her and uh, get her perspective on the current state of things in recovery and in the world. Sober is recorded at Pink Cloud Studios, by the way. Uh, It's a studio that uh, me and my buddy Max own, and it's a podcast studio for anyone who wants to come record. Hit us up, pinkcloudstudios.com. We've got a beautiful broadcast table, we've got top of the line equipment, Uh, we've got video. And we also have, uh, if you don't want to do the table, we have a dope conversation sectional couch. So hit us up. Pink Cloud Studios is our only sponsor <laughs> at any rate. Uh, yeah, it brought some stuff up talking to to Raven. Just we're both light skin, black with hood background. Uh, the way that she's navigated is a little bit different from me in the way that she got into recovery and how she's doing her life. I really, I really admire it. She's a, a, I just think a like a miraculous, we all say miracle, but like she, she, she's on another level with this miraculousness, in my opinion. So enjoy Raven, 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 Raven. Raven. This, is this, is this is medicine. This is medicine, 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 medicine. So you have like a milk crate of water. What is that?
1: That is, I'm from LA and that okay. is an Irrawan glass jar okay. that had expensive orange juice in it okay and now i use it as a water bottle
0: oh, okay so what is what's the deal with expensive orange some juice?
1: some reason the water bottle makes me drink the, the glass water bottle makes me feel like i drink more water
0: yo you might be the most down ass young person young black female i've met in recovery really yeah really yeah because like the Thank thing you. is, yeah, no doubt, because uh-huh. I don't think that recovery has necessarily been set up for uh, young black folks. Right. Like to attract young black folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and so to to see to to see someone who, you know, can identify with black culture, mm-hmm. you know, in a real ass way
1: mm-hmm. and identify with and Alcoholics with Re- Anonymous in a real ass way It's different
0: It's dope. Mm-hmm. it's some unicorn shit yeah it and is. i grew up like wishing for that mm-hmm. and it wasn't where i got sober you know yeah did was it when around is it around for you was it around for you like what's, what's up well with
1: that? I, i'm a unicorn in many ways especially mm-hmm. in los angeles mm-hmm. um there aren't a lot of Black women Mm -hmm. um, from LA. There's not a lot of people from LA anymore that are even actually from LA. Right. right? So I find myself in a lot of social settings. Like, you know, I'm born and raised, you know, from LA, and that makes me a unicorn in other areas of my life and other places that I attend or I'm at and gatherings or whatever. I'm usually the only one. Only native. Right. The only native. And also um, on the West Side. Uh, Getting sober on the West, but growing up in South Central, growing up in Silver Lake, growing up in Los Feliz, I have always been one of the only few. Um, And um, my story and the things that I've been through have kind of made me uh, not unique or different, but being on the West Side have definitely made me stand out in a way.
0: So that's like a different experience being on the West Side. Yeah. Uh, Being
1: sober on the West, right? Like, growing up on the West and then, like, getting sober on the West is, like, a very different experience as a black woman.
0: Really? Yeah. Because the West is mostly white folk?
1: Mostly white.
0: Okay so mm-hmm. you, so so that was a
1: mostly thing. white in alcoholics anonymous okay, right okay. not yeah, yeah. with being a native and how i grew up on the west right okay, like yeah. off pico going to hamilton okay. um you know running the streets in la like that's not something right that where i found myself like being the only black person but okay. my fight to get sober um i found myself being one of the only ones
0: yeah mm-hmm. i can i can relate and you know, it was always interesting because we would have, I don't know if this ever happened with you, but, you know, there were a few of us who, you know, were running the streets and then I ended up being the only one who actually made landed and stayed in the, in the recovery mm-hmm. programs. But then, like, every now and then, some kid that I, I had maybe either done dirt with or mm-hmm. was running around out there um, would step into the rooms,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it wouldn't stick. It wouldn't stick. with you as well? So,
1: I, I I, came into AA and, well, by way of my mother. Okay. So. this oh. So the seed was planted okay. early, right? The only reason why, you know, growing up in LA and running with the people that I ran with, I even knew about the program of Alcoholics Anonymous or mm. the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous or Cocaine Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous was because of my You life.
0: really don't give a shit. You just say the fucking name of the program. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Why would I care? Fuck <laughs> <Okay>. it. You know? <laughs> I see. Because so, you. know? so, I don't
0: normally be like the beverage program yeah. or like the Coke program. Or yeah, like that, no, that shit right saved my life. I'll let you do it. You All know, right, it save my life.
1: Okay. So, um, so the only reason why i knew about it was yeah. because my mom was a you know a smoker my mom smoked crack i grew up around cocaine i grew up around certain drugs and um randomly um my mom was like placed in rehab um in t- 2006 i want to say and I, I like you know was already doing drugs and shit then but um so she started going to meetings and i was like 15 14 okay. you know and so i would go to these meetings with her in south central Right? So I grew up in Cocaine Anonymous. I grew up like downtown Skid Row going to like, meetings. Like, how old are you
0: at this time when you're going to meetings with your mother? 14, okay.
1: 15, right? Like, just going to kind of. Help her like, you know, like kind of or like, I mean, I was a minor. So like I had to like go with her sometimes sleep in the car or whatever. So yeah. I heard what they were talking about. So I knew early on about this place. Yeah. Right. And then I continued to live my life the way that I was living it. So when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous to Cocaine Anonymous to Narcotics Anonymous to like kind of search mm-hmm. for some type of solution in the way that I was living, it wasn't with any of my friends. Mm. So I didn't come into the rooms with anybody that I ran with. All the people that I know or all the friendships and relationships that I have in Alcoholics Anonymous and Cocaine Anonymous are because, you know, I came in, I knew about this place. The only reason why I came in on the West Side, too, was because I was determined not to go where my mother was. What was up with that? To even be like, well, because that was like where she got sober, you know, and because I had grew up in the rooms, like all the people... In Cocaine Anonymous in South Central, you know, they became my aunties and my uncles. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, they're family.
0: So it was hard, the idea of like kind of having your own territory, your own vibe with which you could grow
1: that and then I had really good health insurance so okay, okay. you know what I mean so this was like when you know I had my, my dad's side of the family like had me set up with some fucking Obamacare like some bomb ass okay. like PPO okay, and okay. so I could go <laughs> to treatment on the west side okay. you know and then on top of that like growing up in LA you know um, I grew up like I, I needed to be comfortable like I yeah. wasn't just gonna go to some fucking treatment center like I was mm-hmm. in you know I like at that point in my life like mm-hmm. my ego was still leading so like I needed to go somewhere you that was a comfy for me. Place oh in yeah, <laughs> uh huh. Super bougie. Because in my mind, I thought I was. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You were Cliffside Malibu.
1: You know, like level I, you know, in your I mind. Mean, I had a yeah. So mm-hmm. I didn't really have that. Um,
0: I should get them to pay for that that uh, fucking placement anyway. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. I yeah, know. Yeah. But so I didn't really have that experience of like mm-hmm. coming in and being. Um, um, coming in and staying I never came in and stayed mm-hmm. you know I like I the first time I really tried to like the first time I went to rehab I was 17 years old it okay. was like a detox a methadone detox um, well, she was on dope okay. I, I wasn't on dope yet I was on pills I'm a so growing up in LA. All my homies, they sold, you know, Roxy's. Um, and they would take them up to Oregon and get them off and stuff. And like when I was um younger, I started doing. um For those
0: also don't know what Roxy's are, Roxy cotton. Yeah.
1: So it's a pure pill. It's a thirty milligrams of Roxy cotton. It has not no um, amphetamine in it. I think it's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's whatever they cut Tylenol with. It's whatever make your kidneys hurt. It's what is in uh, Norco. Mm-hmm. So you know. Gr- Around, before I went, uh, and I'll explain. Norco, Norco is a form of Vicodin. It's uh, it's the highest, it has the highest milligram of hydrocodone. So growing up, when I went to rehab, at well, I went to detox called Tarzana Treatment Center. This is when they were still giving kids methadone. Um, now you have to be above, I think, 21 or something for them to, you know, okay. dose you on methadone. But
0: you get it when you were younger then? Yeah. In Tarzana.
1: Yeah, Tarzana Treatment Center. So I went there and at that at that time I had, um, uh, I was about maybe, se- yeah, I was 17, 18, turning 18. Um, so my habit was um, I took about 50 Norcos a day, a SOMA um to because some it would make my kidneys hurt but for some reason the somas would relax my kidneys i, I took a lot of um Xanax uh, I would, uh you know quarter at bars because when i took a full bar it would make me black out so i would kind of like learn how to do that i kept a gram of cocaine in my bra you know and um mm. and a family member of mine took me to Tarzana treatment center okay right? that pill addiction started um i was on i went to jail when i was 15 years old okay um uh, for I got caught with, I think it was like 600 ecstasy pills on Hauser in Washington. Okay. Um, I, I was put on probation. I didn't really know what probation was, like really. And the night before I went to go check in with my probation officer as a minor, um, uh, I, had a, I, I had done a gram of cocaine the night before and I tested dirty. And they called my mama. Well, they sent her a letter and they said I had to go to court. And when I got to court, they were like, uh, you're dirty. You're going to go to jail. right?" Mm-hmm. And so they put me on probation for a year. Um, When I was on probation, they told me if I did drugs again, uh, that I would have to do. I think it was six to twelve months in youth in youth authority, which is like a camp. And I think this is when I still had power to choose whether I was going to get high or not. Right? Like at this point, like I got, I was getting high because I had a lot of fun. You know, I was doing ecstasy, whatever, cocaine. But like when the judge told me that, like if you get high again, um, you're gonna uh, do a year. I was able to stop. I was able to stop. Um, I drank a lot. They didn't test me for alcohol, but I was able to stop. And I remember this moment because it was very different from all the other moments I had in my using user- If you career. keep hitting the table, they're going to think we're making beats in here. Damn, I'm sorry. Me. I mean, I'm, just from look, the audio. It's just like, yeah. you know, I'm just real passionate no, you good, about it. No, you're good. My- <laughs> I,
0: I feel you. I'm on the same tip. But
1: <laughs> when, you know, I and this is a really important time in my life because I remember, like, I was able to stop. And I and I think that that moment and I was like 16 years old, yeah. you know, and like I think that was something that I was always trying to grasp again throughout my using career um, was being able to stop. Right. And like so I was able to do that when I was on probation. But the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous talks about like it, it and I'm paraphrasing, like being able, you know, if we had a time where like um, I think it's in the in Bill's story or no it's in the doctor's opinion we're like you know we could have stopped or something along the lines of that and I'm really fucking paraphrasing right (laughs) now and everybody would kill me but you know but it it, it almost says like but why would I like I was having too much fun like you know what I mean and I gotta pull up the line in the book Mm. or whatever so you know and it kind of ties into the reason why we use right it's not because of some circumstance it's not because of like you know I was molested I had all these traumatic experiences that have happened to me my mom being a smoker my mom whatever but because I like the effect produced by drugs and alcohol, right? Like and getting fucked up. Just, I just like getting fucked up, you know? And I'm the one that likes to play the bit, like, don't you know what happened to me? Da 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 da, mm-hmm. right?
0: Everything that goes along with it.
1: Everything that goes along with it, right? There's another part in the book that talks about ominous warnings we failed to heed, right? And so in this experience, and it's really important to me, you know, when I I met with that judge who sentenced me to like, I don't know, he sent me to two days and gave me those fucking like, you're gonna be on probation for a year or whatever. That judge was my mom's attorney from like years ago, right? He became a judge, but he was my mom's attorney back in the day, like for some like, I don't know, industry case or some shit like that. So he knew my mother's name, right? And and so there was just like all these little things. I'm on probation for a year I'm in this the sale that I'm in it was this like girl from 30s and like I told her I was gonna write her and I have an amazing story about that because every time I would get high I would think about this girl like she you know um, She braided my hair when I was in there I, I went back to court with like three cornrows like she was fighting and shit She was my homegirl and yeah. I told her when I left I was gonna write her and I never did and so the day I got off probation I remembered I had a home girl that worked at a pharmacy and I'm like, I'm gonna get fucked up. And like, that was the day that I like really like built my relationship with opiates. Um, okay. and, and that was the day.
0: What was the, uh, So this is you talk about ominous warnings, warnings. We failed to we heed. We failed
1: to heed. Right. So give so, me what was the warning? Well, the warning was, girl, you on probation. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a high school dropout. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I ended up getting a diploma later on, you know, but my high school dropout, you know, I'm running the streets. I'm selling ecstasy. Um, You know, I go to jail. My mom was a smoker.
0: I mean, that in and of itself is an ominous warning. I mean, you know, you grew up in the program. You know, they talk about, uh, you know, you know, being exposed to the program They talk about, you know, a a disease that is hereditary, right? uh genetic and uh and and so you saw all the ins and outs of this shit
1: Mm -hmm. all of it all of it but see that's the thing that separate and i'm not saying that like me being predisposed to certain things don't matter they probably do i'm not going to say that but what i do know is that my mother having her issues has nothing to do with the way that i metabolize drugs and alcohol right right? it has nothing to do with the effect produced within me right once i put one in i cannot stop right and later and that's the that that honest truth there was the reason why I think I was able to kind of like um, get sober okay. this time. Right. So.
0: So. But. But I mean, no, I mean, uh, there's also I mean, the genetic piece, like, so the fact that your mother metabolized it that way, passed the genes on to you, probably. Right. That that's why you metabolize it that way. Yeah, right? Yeah, But
1: I mean, then I, my brother, I mean, his mom is a smoker. We have the same daddy. Okay. We have different mamas. His mom is a smoker and he don't.
0: So maybe sometimes it skips a generation. I think it does. I think it
1: skips. Um, Okay.
0: But either way, you had this ominous warning. Mom did this. You knew right off the bat that shit was crazy for you once you started taking- I
1: knew. Getting fucked. What was
0: your first shit that you tried?
1: Um... I smoked, I, I smoked weed. I smoked a blunt in Nashville when I was, yeah. like, 12 years old with a cousin of mine. We, yeah. like, rolled it, smoked a blunt. and then, In Nashville, in Tennessee? In Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. And uh, I'll never forget it. We, like, played patty cake. I mm-hmm. smoked some weed. And then the next, like, and, you know, I would smoke weed here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the next hard thing I tried was ecstasy.
0: So you went from weed, kind of weed, to ecstasy type of vibe. ecstasy. Right. Um. And you young at the time.
1: I'm young, never been to a rave. It was like all hyphy. This is 13, like 13, 14? F- uh-huh, this is at 14. I took my Hy-fee. first- Hyphy. Kick the Sneak, Ooh, E-40, Two Shorts, shit. my favorite rapper, you know, shit like that, you know? Okay. um, Grew up, uh, at this time, I was living on 39th and Normandy, so like the raves were happening over there. Mm-hmm. And like, I never went, but like the homies would like pull up and like rob everybody there, shit like that, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. but now looking back i wish i would have went to a rave but i was like a ecstasy taken that was my main thing but towards the end i think i I think it has something to do with like the endorphins it eats or something so like towards towards the end of my ecstasy career um the only thing it would make me do was like drop 10 pounds and like make my mouth crooked like it it, it, it didn't get me high anymore (laughs) you know you feel me so and but in that you know i was i was there was something deep within my spirit that never felt right, mm, right? Mm. Something, talk about that. something was that was
0: that before picking up drugs? This
1: is pre-drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. There was some type of existential crisis that was happening that was, you know, the the people that I vibed with was like Kurt Cobain and like I rewatched the movie right. Gia over and over again. Gia, right? Jolie, was, you know, she was a fucking heroin addict um excuse me want to drink some water Mm -hmm. she was a heroin addict um i don't know she was dope she like was one of the first supermodels she died from AIDS everything was so tragic oh my god dramatic
0: and almost like it's attractive in that way
1: right yeah right so we get
0: attracted to drama right period,
1: period and you know and i just felt like out of place like i didn't have the experience of like being like um, I, I you know I had I had friends you know my mom is like super beautiful and mm-hmm. was like in the industry and we know people and all these things but there was something deep within me mm-hmm. and I was searching for something that would make me want to be here I was searching for something that where I open my eyes in the morning I would want to be in my skin right like there was something that i, I there mm-hmm. was something that I was looking for that would ground me here mm-hmm. to this dimension and so
0: you didn't you just couldn't find it
1: I just couldn't find it but ecstasy gave it to me for a little bit Mm-hmm. Until it started making your mouth crooked. Until it started making my mouth crooked. So I was in the, I was searching, and then I went, and then I got on probation Mm -hmm. and whatever. So the day I got off probation, I was really uncomfortable
0: you had the pharmacy person waiting for you and the ominous warnings of like mother of already you like kind of escalating from weed to fucking ecstasy, ecstasy. to crooked mouth mm-hmm. skinny Some
1: volume in there real skinny uh-huh. mm-hmm. i was working at american apparel at the time okay. everybody in la did that
0: that was a thing Uh
1: huh. worked for dove charney model for the company all that shit mm-hmm. we did
0: mm-hmm. okay uh-huh. so probation boom and now, and, and this is when it takes off, though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so tell me about that. So mm-hmm. you get out pro- uh, ab- I
1: get off probation, mm-hmm. and, uh, and um, I have a party at my house, right? So it was, and somehow in this year, um, ecstasy went out the window, Molly came in, right? So like the homeboy, mm-hmm. uh, he's from West LA too. He come, I was living at Park La Brea at the time. On uh, on uh third yeah and and you know he comes over with the molly the homegirl <laughs> comes over with the bottle of pills we mm-hmm. got liquor it's raven's off probation party
0: mm-hmm. explain molly for those because there's you know there's, there's old folks who gonna listen to this
1: molly shit. is mdma it's supposedly not cut i think when i was doing it it probably wasn't or maybe I've, it's like cocaine it's like the same shit like i know when cocaine is re-rocked i know when it ain't re-rocked okay. and when it ain't when it's fish scale and i gotta kind of break it down and like light mm-hmm. some little bit of fire to it underneath it to make it pasty mm-hmm. you know then mm-hmm. like i'm gonna snort it you know but if it's not and it's re-rocked i'm not it's the same thing like molly's kind of like in the same where like you know if it's good shit you want to do it mm-hmm. you know? and it's
0: mdma and that's that shit that makes you that th- that you're actually your brain produces Right before you die, I hear it's like some some next level, yeah. I didn't
1: know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I
0: thought that was like DMT. Or maybe it's DMT. Yeah. I okay. Shit. See, i see. Fuck. See, I've been listen. out of the game too long. Here man. I
1: go. You know. No, you, you know. You see.
0: I, I mean, I've been out of the game for 23 years. See, you know I'm me? still so. close
1: to the fire. You know. Wait, so, so yeah.
0: So okay. Well, I wonder, how long have you been sober now?
1: I've been so. It'll be five years on five September years. Okay, 17th. All right, so
0: I like uh-huh, this. Okay. Uh-huh. So you got more of a front lines, yeah, uh, uh-huh. you Yeah. Know, illustration. Illustration. I still in you know. the uh, see. Okay. So okay. So anyway. So so MD MDMA okay uh is in the mix aka molly Mm -hmm. right okay so Mm -hmm. keep going
1: uh i had a bottle of pills um a prescription bottle of pills a very big one like Mm -hmm. as big as this microphone um, okay. And it had all kinds of things in it. Okay. And so it had Xanax, it had Norco's, it had... Um, Norco's? What's Norco, Norco's? Uh, the Norco is that uh, hydrocodone I was telling you about. Oh, yeah, yeah 365
0: right. milligrams of Tylenol. <laughs> ten, <laughs> I you're ten, you know, ten, 10 milligrams
1: should. of hydrocodone. <laughs> I love
0: my addicts. Okay. Uh-huh.
1: Not the fives, the tens, the, the yellows, the, the yellows, the nanas, oh, right? Shoot, okay. Yeah. And then uh, the Xanax, I used to call them the sticks. I had okay. a dealer that would be like, I got them sticks okay. i got them yellows on the okay. phone okay. okay um and actually that dealer um he he's still around yeah it's so crazy yeah wow. i've been you know he he kind of just circles around the west side and um oh shit I'm gonna, yeah but and you when know, you
0: run into the dealer does it like does it a vibe come up for you
1: absolutely not no he's like raven
0: and you good i'll be like
1: hey uncle He's like, you still good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Because the thing about, and that's why I'm not afraid to be like, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. because what this process and this program has given me is no fear. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have any fear anymore. Right. As long as my motives are clear. Right. I'm not going to see the dealer. I might just be driving in the car and he pulls up next to me. Yeah. There's no fear. Yeah. You know? That, and that, that's the kind of freedom that I want it. Yeah. You know, I don't want no shit where I'm like, oh, just got to make it to the pillow tonight. You know, I don't <laughs> want that kind of sobriety. If, yeah. I, if I had that kind of sobriety, I wouldn't be sober. Yeah, You want uh, that fearless. sobriety. I want that fear. I mean, that but that's what I've been fighting for since I was a little girl. Something to ground me, something mm-hmm. to make me want to be here, something mm-hmm. to make me want to be in my skin. Mm-hmm. Right. Not. I be love a, that
0: thread. I love that theme.
1: You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like nothing to like that would shake me. Yeah. You know, it's no a matter little, what the
0: fuck's going on outside, the hurricane's little, happening, you know everything. I mean? You're you perfect
1: peace. The shit that shakes me, and I had to check myself yesterday. I walked out the house and I forgot to put my sunscreen on. Oh. And I was like, It's, oh it's little oh shit my God, that fucks
0: you up, right? Yeah. <laughs> my sunscreen.
1: Yeah. You know, and I yeah. was like, Raven, your sunscreen is going to be at home when you get home. Like, yeah. you good. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I the. You know, in that that bottle, we we're in Park La Brea, and it's like all these pills in there. So my my ass, being the addict that I am, I'm getting on probation. I'm like, I'm gonna take five of these pills at once. Okay. So what was happening to me in these like this four day period of like breaking down these pills was that I would just like black out, right? Oh shit!
0: And it's just like an assortment because you just have like you don't even know what the fuck it is. It's like boom, give me mm-hmm. five randos. Uh huh. And in I was and okay. I
1: ran. I was at my mom's house on Pico and Robertson, and you know, back then I was like really disrespectful and like. I mean, I never called her out of her name or nothing like that. And we never got high together. But I, looking back on my behaviors and thankfully, I've been able to like talk to her about this stuff and, you know, and amend it. Um, I would, um, you know, just take certain things in front of her, you know, and like this one day it was on her couch. I was like, you know, what, I'm just going to take one thing and see how it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. So I took um, some Norcos and I had taken pain pills before in the past, but I took like these Norcos. I took two of them and I caught a knot mm-hmm. and um, and I was like, oh
0: so you just nodding out in front of moms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. would always
1: nod out in front of her. Yeah. And um and I, I caught a nod and I was like, Oh, this is what I've been searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, I could finally breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, I finally wanted to be here. So it I finally was there. wanted to be in my what skin. ecstasy
0: had given you a little bit of I finally this norco had, nod.
1: I got it fully okay. with the opiates, right? Mm-hmm. And then like thus my like real journey began and with that journey it was like I no longer had the, the power, the choice um, to away. choose. Yeah. It was gone, you know, it was, it was stripped. You right? become
0: a servant of the, of the, of the opiate.
1: And, and yeah, but the thing about my disease was that, and the thing about addiction and to me, and, it's, and the book talks about it too, is that it's progressive. You know, um, and that's that's the truth to my story. Right. Because you got to remember, I'm this person who's the daughter of an addict, the Mm -hmm. the 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 product of the crack epidemic, Mm -hmm. the daughter of a a drug dealer, Mm -hmm. the daughter of, you know, of the product of Los Angeles. What's up with
0: Pops? What's up with Pops?
1: We just gonna keep pops off of this, you okay. know. Pops is a real OG. Okay, okay. <laughs> you know, he's like that nigga. Is he still out
0: here? I mean, he's still out here.
1: No, uh-uh. okay. he okay. a crip. You know, but okay. Okay. that's all I'll throw out there. So you don't but
0: want to get too too, too not in too deep into pops.
1: pops, but you know, pops is, pops story, and from the things that I have taken from him is he's the reason why I have common sense. He's okay. the reason why I walk the way that I do. Is he alive? He's the reason why I've last. I lasted as long as I did. I okay. think in my addiction, I I know how to like decide you know survival survival you know my 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 daddy gave me survival he he he, Mm -hmm. the one thing that he did i remember he took me around la and kind of showed me around it was like this is that this is that this is what's there you know Mm -hmm. he's a he's from here my mom was from nashville my mom moved to los angeles when she was 16 years old to sing um so you know my mom is a singer first and then a person you know like you know so um i get you know my pride and my um, and and pride in a good way and like my ability to hold my head high even through like darkness from my father. From your
0: father and I, and and I mean you know I, again I'm not going to push you to 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 go into any details around pops that mm-hmm. you you know that you don't feel comfortable doing mm-hmm. so with, but I am curious as to what it is that makes it uncomfortable that mm-hmm. makes it difficult to talk about mm-hmm.
1: that it's just family shit it's just like you know I, i'll keep it like, like what mm-hmm. happens in the streets just stays in the streets kind of like what happens in the house just stays in the house it's like one of those last pieces where um and i'll take it to amends it's like if mm-hmm. if i ha- if i can't discuss it with him first and i'm not going to bring him into it I just out of respect so there's
0: still some so there's still some outstanding balances that mm-hmm. you want to make sure you reconcile
1: exactly before, with him really. and mm-hmm. respect um and you know and respect him as a person and Mm -hmm. and you know and not put his shit out there but what i can say um is that the one thing that you know because growing up i I hated my father for not being around yeah um but through sobriety what i realized was that the one thing that me and my father had in common was this belief in a higher power right so like we 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 bond on that this like we know that there's something right and i didn't know that there was something until i knew that there was something but he's always known yeah so like i admire that about him this nigga from la he a crip you know all that shit blah mm-hmm. blah right but he has this relationship with god that i admire and that i want right yeah. so all these things that i thought i always wanted from him was like a hundred dollars <laughs> his rolex right you know the bins that he pulling you know yeah. all that shit um, has flipped and switched, and now I, I want the kind of relationship he has. There's a groundedness guy.
0: about that, right? When you have that, right, you can, you, no matter what's going on, is that, and that sounds similar to what you're talking about in terms of wanting to be in your skin and being able to have that like sense mm-hmm. of okay. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? yeah. And it's like you know, it's it's amazing when you wake up and realize that like the things you thought matter don't matter, and like the things that you want now you thought you wanted, you don't, mm-hmm. and now you want these things. Yeah. You know, yeah, and like you know. There's some, it's almost, there's like a mystery to, like, um, like, where it where do those, like, switches and things, like, take place? How does that happen, mm. right? And, like, those those things, because, you know, you couldn't tell me that I was never going to shoot dope again. Mm. You know, I'm the one that, like, you know, wakes up in the morning, like, you know, reaching for the, you know, mm. like, I have to have it kind of person. You know, I, I, I you know, th- like, my, my life before I got sober was about the next one and where mm. I was going to get it.
0: I think it's fucking miraculous when I hear people like yourself you know, uh, especially when you're talking about heroin. I mean, you're talking about, you got into opiates and then and then it took it to heroin or what, or what was the I, vibe? I got
1: into opiates and then I took it to heroin. And the thing too about mm-hmm. talking about heroin is like being this light-skinned black girl, mm-hmm. you know, from the West, from South Central, daddy this, daddy that, mama this, mama that is like, there wasn't a lot of people like look like me that grew up like me that shoot dope. Like wow. that's not. Yeah,
0: that's not a. Yeah, well, you know, that's more of a '70s. It was. It was in the black community in the '70s. Yeah. But then crack, crack took hit. over, and yeah. then you
1: know, my home they weren't they. You know, we don't do that. You yeah. know they, we don't. You know, the number one rule in high school is like you don't smoke meth, you don't do heroin, yeah. you don't smoke crack. Yeah. Everything else is on the table. You know. I
0: remember because I, I mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna relate real fast because you know also being a light skin brother mm-hmm. who you know grew up in a situation where I remember you know similar era you know i'm 80s 90s mm-hmm. uh you know maybe a little before you but um i and i remember i was like i had some white friends who was doing that this on cobain shit that they was on that kurt cobain uh-huh. shit you yeah, know. Yeah, like, wait, yeah how old are you
1: i'm 29 okay
0: yeah, i'm older but yeah. <laughs> whatever uh-huh. but you know kurt cobain kind of is transcendent anyways yeah. and i was like i was kind of fucking with it you know yeah. what i'm saying because i i like you was had that existential piece a lot of it for me was like i i just i never felt like i was enough mm-hmm. you know like the mm-hmm. insecurities that would just ring out you know uh, whether it was because i'm light-skinned not feeling black enough mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying uh not feeling good looking enough all the stuff and i know a lot of uh you know addicts can can relate to that that's a lot of stuff that we deal with uh not cool enough not whatever mm-hmm. um and then once i found you know like that like oh, that hit of like dope you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying uh it was like i don't give a fuck if i'm enough this is enough mm-hmm. right? what i'm doing is this enough. is yeah. fucking enough uh-huh. mm-hmm. um and, but for me, I remember talking, relating to some of my, the people I was running with prior and like just the, you know, the crimeys, you know what I mean? And they was like, bro, nah, man, smoke a woo. You know what I mean? That was like, hit a woo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hit, you know, for those who don't know, that's like crack with weed. You know what I mean? Like hit, you know what I mean? Like just don't do that dope. Yeah. You know, because a lot of them had seen you know they had seen the 70s as opposed to the ogs they had seen that shit
1: yeah. that, that was that shit mm-hmm.
0: um anyhow yeah, uh, continuing no, no, yeah sure. and so well, I, so i can relate in that way now i didn't go down the road as far as you yeah. do with the dope you know i was young i was 17 when i got you know when Beautiful. i got clean mm-hmm. uh it was a turn of events that you know had i not you know I, I wouldn't be here you know it was just too much uh too much fucking heat you know and where i was wait yeah. so um you were you were not intravenous as user
1: yeah i was as well mm-hmm.
0: holy shit mm-hmm.
1: okay i am a i'm a smoker and a shooter okay uh, if you look at my hands here i have um i had surgery there mm-hmm. there 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 mm-hmm. um, i had abscesses here um, so the surgery was
0: all to cover tracks?
1: Mm-mm. These were, I had, uh, I like to shoot right here. These are like mm-hmm. my old faithful. So I, right here I had a giant abscess that I would on, cover. On your wrist, on the inside on my of your wrist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would cover it with a carpal tunnel glove. Smart. <laughs> and um, I had to have surgery on my arm um, to remove the abscesses. And, uh,
0: okay. So the damage that was done basically from, from that specific spot.
1: Yeah, it okay. was done. But then the, the moment I got out of surgery, I just shot up in it again just kept going Mm -hmm. yeah of course yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah. and then how did you bottom out
1: I'm the type of addict when I put anything in my system um it got it got into the point like if I take a drink or if I do some ecstasy or something that's not my drug of choice I wake up and my whole body is on fire until I can um get what I want right like I actually like like I can feel it now it like feels like I'm kicking like I'm cracking my nut like I need like I have to have it like um when it talks about this illness like being progressive like i i got into a point where like you know over like all of my years up until this time i was able to kind of like manage and control um, like with the Adderall, like I'm the one that can take Adderall for six, seven months and be OK, you know, and then, you know, mix some Xanax in there and maybe some liquor and then do dope. Right. Like so the phenomenon of craving for me develops over time. Right. Whereas towards the end, there was no like I'm going just manage this. Right. There was no like going to get the job, like my ass getting a little bit plumper again. Like there was like none of that. It was just like you drink, you go get dope. Like that was it, <laughs> you know, and so I woke up and I needed dope. And my dealer at the time, he's he's actually dead now. His name's Hiroi. God rest his soul. I actually was able to attend his funeral sober. Um, he wasn't answering the phone and he was like my one dude that I could like take some Suboxone strips and trade for dope. And he wasn't answering the phone. My other like Russian dealer, he wasn't answering the phone. And then um, my uh, I had a El Salvadorian dealer. He was an Uber driver. He wasn't answering the phone. So like the streets were dry. I couldn't get any heroin. So my mind was like, I'm gonna go up here on Wilshire. I'm gonna get a uh, uh, some Subutex.
0: What is Subutex?
1: Subutex is like the new methadone, right? So there's methadone. Those are the take home, the liquid. They also have like ten milligram pills that are methadone that I used to snort. Subutex was like this new thing. It's Suboxin. So Subox has naloxone in it. So <laughs> n- suboxone, <laughs> suboxone is the drug that they give junkies that you put underneath your tongue. Mm-hmm. And they say, um, you know, if you shoot up, you can't feel you can't it. Feel it yeah. But... If you shoot enough, you can you know uh, replace the the naloxone you know you in your brain. Uh-huh. You can replace it with the heroin okay. af- if you shoot enough dope. So that's something I would do all okay. the time. So, Subutex is a drug that has no naloxone in it. So and okay. it comes in a pill. You can crush it up. You can shoot it. You can snort it. I got it from my doctor. I couldn't get a prior authorization in time for. Um, the prescription, and like I could have probably gotten it the next day, but I, like I was saying, my body was on fire, so I had this this woman. She had called me a month prior, and she was like, "I know about this treatment center. It's really nice, and if you're if you're ready, if you're willing, you should go." And um, it was just like one of those divine moments where, like, I was like, "I'm gonna make this phone call," and I called them, and they told me they were like, "Well, if you come, you can't come high." And I was like, who the fuck goes to treatment? Like, not high." I- also, you know, it's like the same thing looking back on it, you know, when they talk about like, oh, well, I want to have a drink at my wedding. And it's like, bitch, what wedding? You know, like, what are you talking about? Like, I had no dope, Like, what? you know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like complaining, like, yeah. how the fuck am I? I can't go high. Like, bitch, the streets are dry. Like, you can't even get no dope. That's why you're calling this woman, you know? Just like looking back at how my brain used to work and the things I would trip about, right? And how I even, I just couldn't even wait a day to get the, the pills. Yeah. So, you know, I called this treatment center and um, and I remember uh, I had my mom come pick me up. I was like, can you take me here? And in the car when they told me that I, I screamed like this like deep, deep like cry and scream like similar to how I would scream like on acid. Like when I would feel like the music and like cry from like this deep place. Okay. And I, I think that was one of my first um, surrenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to this place, they said not get not to get high, so I thought they were talking about dope, but I arrived like high as hell on Valium, mm-hmm. and um, I still had the ecstasy in my system, and they kicked me out. They told me you can't come, yeah. Right, and so, me being me, um, I heard the guy that kicked me out, he was talking to this guy named Jeff, and I was like, I'ma find Jeff. I was high on Valium, I was like, I'ma find. So I Googled like, Club Soba, Jeff, who runs it, And I found like their IOP center the next day. And I asked my mom, I was like, can you take me up here? I don't remember what I said to this man, but he tells the story because this is actually the place that I got sober that I came in there fucked up. Mm -hmm. And I said, can you please um, help me save my life? I'm going to shoot dope again.
0: Mm Wow. Wow.
1: And he let me come in and the, the doctor that had just detoxed me was actually the doctor because they were worried that I was going to have seizures. I have a history of having grand malls. Okay. And um, and so the doctor was able to medically clear me because he was the doctor for the treatment center.
0: Grand mall seizure. Mm-hmm. That's like what's, what's the difference between a grand mall is there's like different brands of seizures. They're seizure?
1: like the ones that look like you're possessed.
0: So like there's different kinds of seizures. Mm-hmm. OK, so the grand mall is the one where you look like fucking
1: you can't. You don't remember. At the no, shit. Mm-hmm, OK, mm-hmm.
0: and what are the other seizures?
1: i don't know i they're like i don't know if there's there's some like if,
0: lower grade or whatever lower grade, okay. so you're like top you'd you'd have like the
1: fucking the top because i was always taking xanax and when i didn't have xanax i would get high on other things wow. but okay. without the see xan i think it's xanax it is not i think i know mm-hmm. xanax and um alcohol are the only two uh detoxes that can kill you
0: Okay, got it. I got it. Right. So, so I was
1: always fucking. If I were run out of Xanax, it's not like my body would know or my mind would know. My body would know, my mind wouldn't know because I'd be shooting dope and then I would just seize because I wouldn't have the Xanax. Okay.
0: So, why are we talking about the grandmalls again?
1: Um, because they, the, they wouldn't medically clear me to go into the treatment center.
0: Oh, I but see. But they
1: because of the seizures, yeah. but my detox doctor was their doctor. Okay. So, they cleared me. Okay. And I was in treatment.
0: Okay, and this was the, this was the real this deal? This was
1: September 4th of 2015. My okay. sobriety date is 20, um, the 17th because I snuck in a gang of volume. And I'm thankful for that Valium. Yeah. If it wasn't for that value because the next day, um, and this treatment center, I have my phone, I have my cell phone. The whole time i think it was a blessing for me to have my cell phone mm-hmm. honestly because the next day um you know my dealers hit me every the streets were hot like everybody was like where are you at i would see you at uber but this volume kept me chilling mm-hmm. and um, i was able to chill for um
0: so you weren't yeah you weren't on the prowl like you weren't you were just like all right
1: i'm mm-hmm. posted." i was going to groups high on volume and shit i would come to downstairs <laughs> eating goldfish <laughs> and shit
0: Yo, I love your story. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, we talk about Oh, shit, oh, sure, you good. Damn. Damn. You doing some shit with Listen. this mic.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, I mean, you talk about like could be dead, you know what I'm saying? You talk, the amount of like medical jargon you know as an addict. Just tells me that, like, whoa, you took a lot of drugs, you know. The, just you talking about seizures, you talking about all this shit,
1: abscesses. You know what I mean? Tie, in yeah, and out of all the different, of my neck, all that,
0: all the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, these are these are the the words of someone who who dies, you know, um, by the needle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and or in the and all yeah. of that shit. Yeah yeah, 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 And 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 so like, part of this recovery, part, one of the joys of this recovery, you know, uh, that I've experienced you feel like you're talking to resurrected motherfuckers Mm -hmm. somebody that's
1: yeah that's been here before you know you feel that yeah no for sure you
0: You really did you fucking i mean yeah to to be that hooked right Mm -hmm. to be that That fucking hooked
1: that addicted
0: and then to be stand sitting here before me Mm -hmm. sound mind and body drinking
1: orange water water
0: out of a bougie orange juice Mm
1: -hmm. a ten dollar bottle
0: ten dollar ojs you know and it gives me chills. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, so I fuck with you, you mm-hmm. know. What I mean, just like, and for me, that's why I feel like the I feel love for, for recovery mm-hmm. people because, like, to come from the depths. Mm-hmm. And I used to always say the that darkness, shit when I was yeah. fucked up, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I would, you know, I, I had some really grisly experiences, really mm-hmm. traumatic, violent experiences, you know, um, that got me um, to be serious about mm-hmm. recovery, you know, uh, when I was getting fucked up and, and like, and I would always tell myself I'm gonna come from the depths, yeah. and I, I had no idea how. Mm-hmm. but it was like, you know, I thought I could use my brain to do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I thought I, yeah, right, right. Yeah. But it, it just, it, 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 the recovery actually allows us to do that in mm-hmm. a way. Unfortunately, so many don't, mm-hmm. you know, so many don't. And, and so I also just feel that level of gratitude, sometimes survivor's guilt, mm-hmm. you know, um, For sure. you know, especially as as a black man, mm-hmm. you know, uh and 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 people i know who who just you know soldiers just people who in some ways i feel like you know better people than me Mm -hmm. you know
1: i got respect for them
0: you know you know better people than me especially
1: the people that we lost yeah didn't
0: fucking make it yeah i have
1: respect you know Mm -hmm. um
0: Like that's a huge salute, and also I'm just like sometimes I'm just like why not me? Exactly, why not me? Um, And that that can fuck. I mean that's disease too, right?
1: Yeah, it is going all down into that hole, right? right. That's
0: disease too. So to be able to say no, me, and it's so that I can not only you know you know achieve what you're talking about that that you know ability to be comfortable in my skin, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and to potentially thrive in this life, but to show other people and help other people.
1: You yeah. Know. And I think that that's the thing when you're growing yeah. up and especially how we grew up, it's like, oh, my God, don't you know what's happening to me? And mm-hmm. when I came to realize and find out and that the thing, the very thing that would grab ground me here is all the things that have happened to me. That's right. right. Like our darkness is what uniquely qualifies us to help save another life right like nobody and like i was saying like how i mean you were saying you were Mm -hmm. calling me a unicorn Mm -hmm. i'm a native i'm all these things right being that Mm -hmm. like it makes me even more uniquely qualified to help save another life right because i don't look like i shot dope
0: thousand percent yeah that's you know what i mean
1: like you know raven uh, you know
0: you made it back at a young enough uh you know of an age Mm -hmm. um that you can actually return to sound mind and body sound Mm -hmm. mind and body Mm -hmm. right a a high number of people who go as far as you went Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and as fast as you went don't
1: don't make it you back. Know, uh-huh.
0: That shit is like whoa.
1: But there's a and I honor that, and there's a mission for me. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. my my whole thing has been um, helping women recover. That's it. You know, and men mm-hmm. recover from this thing, right? Like it's not something, and that's the thing. Like there's work that has to be done,
0: right? I I feel you. Like I don't know. A couple of things come to mind, and one of them is like you know when you talked about the darkness, mm-hmm. you know, and how that that's part of the being qualified. You know, you see a lot of people hustling spirituality out here mm-hmm. these days. You mm-hmm. know, and um, explain. Well, you know, there's people who are doing wellness retreats. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. go to Bali,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Let's and let's smile. yeah. Let's let's let's, let's eat smile. an SIE bowl mm-hmm. and and do some ayahuasca let's talk. A yeah. lot. You know, uh, <laughs> let's spend a lot of money mm-hmm. and, and find a, a, a magic bullet.
1: And tell them that they're going to be all right.
0: It's going to be all right. You are already perfect. I'm going
1: to pat you on your back yeah. and tell you you're going to be all right. I'm going to walk you to I, your death.
0: <laughs> yeah, or I'm going to be a life coach, mm-hmm. you know.
1: I'm going to charge you.
0: I'm going to be a life coach, charge you, but I would never really ha- ha- no had to experience. use any of these things, these tools that I'm talking about to get through some shit, right?
1: The I never knew that the one thing that I would ever be able to actually help someone with and actually like, I don't want to say complete because it is, it's yeah. always an involving, you know, journey and fact finding and finding and, a, you know, all of that. But yeah. the one thing that I have been able to successfully do in this life is take another woman, man, through the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous.
0: I, see, and that's beautiful. Like, because we talk about, you know, the cash and prizes, mm-hmm. We talk about... Getting relationships back, which is, you know, whether it's with family, friends, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know spouses, et cetera, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great.
1: From beginning to end, though, like I have relationships with people who I've taken through the work who never thought that they would have a life or never thought right. they'd have relationships with their parents again or never right. thought that they could hold a job or never. I'm talking about people who, you know, never thought they could have anything ever again and have mm. been completely lifted up Destitute. and has, has nothing to do with me. Right. 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 They don't have to call me right. every day. Right? right. Like I took them through this big book. Mm-hmm. Right. Line by line or the same way that I was. And these people have been lifted up. Mm -hmm. and um, they have found their own God and they Mm -hmm. live their own lives and have their own experiences without me and they've become my friends.
0: That's so dope. And and like, that's the thing that I think is so easily taken for granted. I mean, by by everyone, especially us as addicts, you know, like, you know, where's my fucking sun lotion? I I can relate to that, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like on a given day when like, you know, this deep ability, you know, to literally save a life or to be a vessel, you know, so that helps, help save them, you know, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. help save themselves. And I think it, I think it is because, you know, that's not the shiny shit. It really mm-hmm. isn't, you know, that's not the fucking Benz. Mm-hmm. That's not, you know what I'm saying? The, the beautiful fucking spread in Malibu. Mm-hmm. You feel me, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the yacht. Mm-hmm. That's not the incredible, illustrious career, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, writing the book, that that is the bestseller. None of that is, you know, and I think it's really hard at times because, you know, as addicts, we th- we love shiny shit, mm-hmm. you know, and so and so to be able to really tap into the fact that no, the real thing that's going to get me in comfortable in my skin, that thing that I search for forever, right, is this recovery, mm-hmm. is this unique ability to help another, right? And I think that, um, especially for folks who, you know, have gone as far down the road as as you've gone, Mm -hmm. you know, and come back. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that's tricky. Uh, I think that's, you know, it's almost like, fuck man like how do you how are you able to to stay focused on that right and especially now you got five years Mm -hmm. five years in a pandemic Mm -hmm. um and we've talked about but this i want to get current about some shit because you know i i whatever like you know i'm qualified for many programs you feel me uh we've talked recently about the um you know the program that helps for friends and family Mm was like an al-anon type Mm -hmm. of thing and uh, man, I'm, you know, I think it's, I think it's, t- it's going to be time. I think about you and I think about what the next level is going to be for you, you know, um, how you're going to be able to, you know, start to, to blossom, you know, uh, outside of just this, because this is big, right? This is the number one, but like, man, while we're in those trenches, we can get hit. We can get hit with shrapnel from other people's disease. mm mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about your experience with family, you know, other recovering people that can be challenging around that. Because we had talked about that the other day.
1: Um, the my my thing has always been, I think, even since I was young, my ego. Mm. Um, like at first it was like I couldn't stay sober because it hadn't fully developed, mm-hmm. and then once it developed, it was a thing, right? I have this 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 ego that rebuilds itself, and in this way, where like it doesn't even. Um, let me know that it's rebuilding itself (laughs) until I'm in a a lot of pain and I gotta do some work around it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um so because you know I have you know I know the big book and I've helped so many people and like mm-hmm. whatever and like mm-hmm. you know my ego would tell me like I don't really need to speak in meetings anymore I'm gonna pick and choose where I need to speak or like mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell my mama that like she really need to finish her inventory mm-hmm. you know See, I think
0: it's funny that the first thing you say is I don't need to speak and I'm thinking like well what about just like being um, sweeping the fucking floor to me
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well yeah no, no 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 I mean of course putting up ch- all of that I've okay. had I okay. mean no I'm like the first to mm-hmm. lend a hand in a meeting, of okay. course, and like take a commitment.
0: Right. of course. Because I'm not. <laughs> no, no, no. I, <laughs> I mean, but I I'll do. It. I'm not the first. Yeah, yeah. I used to be the first when yeah, I was yeah, more yeah. desperate, and at times I'll be the first. But
1: because I think, like, we've talked about Mm -hmm. this whole thing of like being on the west side, being the only black girl on the west side, being in these meetings, being the token, like Mm -hmm. realizing during this pandemic that while scrolling through the faces on Zoom, like, damn, I'm the only black one in here. Like Mm -hmm. just all that shit that all of that where like my sponsor has to remind me that I don't have the luxury to think that way. Like Mm -hmm. since talking to you actually, just like a backstory on what, you know, Kyle and I talked about was that I was telling him that like, i you know uh, kind of don't want to be at my group anymore my home group because there's nobody black there and you know i feel like they just kind of use me Mm -hmm. you know to hear me talk you Mm -hmm. know about shit that i've experienced Mm -hmm. because there's some shit that they ain't experienced or whatever i don't fucking this is my ego yeah yeah you know and um and since then my sponsor reminded me and it's kind of like this thing that i relate to and relate to my disease um have you seen freddy krueger yeah of course it's like One two, heroin's coming for Uh, you. Okay, right. So fuck with you on that. He always reminds me of that shit because I'm the one that says it, and Mm. he's like, "So what is it about you that makes you think that like you don't need to show up for the women in the the group? Like, what is it? Like, Mm. why do you think that?" You need to separate yourself when, like, your number one purpose is to help another alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. Like this, like bring you know, being reminded of and see and like you said, like I think too. I'm not going to speak on anything that I don't know about mm-hmm. yet because I haven't had my experience in Al-Anon yet, yeah. so I can't even give you yeah. how I feel about it because yeah. I haven't tapped into it yet. Yeah, 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 like maybe check in with me in like three I years, you know. Well, what and I mean? I'll give you a
0: couple of thoughts in this podcast as well around yeah. it because you know I have a lot. You know, I'm older than you I have a lot of you, lot you of experience. Different. everything so, yeah. yeah but but you know so but but you know i think that you know when you talk about as i mentioned the idea of shrapnel um that's what ends up happening uh, to a lot of folks you know our number one sort of like ability to gain gratitude oftentimes is you know by taking people through the steps mm-hmm. by being you know sort of a member of a recovery process mm-hmm. you know um and i think that what ends up happening is the personalities of the people
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh because we end up being friends with people in recovery you know a, a lot of times our families are also recovering people mm-hmm. or not you know but have addiction in them uh, we we we're able to absorb and we, we we're i would say we are uh primed to absorb other people's shit mm-hmm. right um and then what can happen in around that time is like what's like damn like I don't want to pull up here because some other people's shit
1: is there there, mm -hmm.
0: and I don't feel safe to, you know, that I don't feel safe enough. And that can manifest in different ways. Mm -hmm. Right. It could manifest in, you know, like, okay, uh, someone wants more of your time. Mm -hmm. Right then you would want to give them more than you have and you you're you're unable to say look I got I only have 10 minutes for this mm-hmm. right um it could you know they want to borrow something of yours mm-hmm. right and and you have the inability to at this time you know to be like actually no mm-hmm. you know uh, and, and and disappoint them mm-hmm. right i think that's th- these are big things Some, sometimes it can be through that people pleasing uh, lens um yeah I, this is all stuff that i've i've experienced you know um Oftentimes it can be in relationships, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 you know, validation and, and, oh shit, you know, uh, I have someone who's fucking with me who, like, I, you know, and I've had this for sure, who I know it's not gonna be a thing, you know. But I'm
1: still gonna make it a thing. I'm
0: gonna take that validation, you know, yeah, of um, course. take them down that road. So, I mean, and that's a little bit different from the online, but it all, all goes into the, the, the same pot of, mm-hmm. like, I think, sort of like the grads, quote unquote, like grad school yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't really truly believe that, but it's like we get to a point, where, and these are character defects, mm-hmm. right? And I think that fortunately, um when when we get to that point where we have the opportunity to work on them shits Mm -hmm. um to that degree where it's like oh i want to like i want to find what the upper levels of like you know high functioning are and you know what i mean not just like yeah just
1: being sober yeah
0: not just not be insane but actually like fucking enjoy my life have some balance you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. um and I think that like that you know where you're at I can totally hear where it's like oh shit like they're trying to tokenize me on some shit you know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, I'm especially gonna, around the times that are I'm going like, on I'm like
1: terrified I'm like I'm yeah. just gonna stay in South Central or if you black I'll just be around you
0: which is real but it's also like <laughs> which know. is
1: not but that's not But then you got
0: to go to those groups and show up to those groups. And then something else is going to come up there, there, right? Period. Because there's going to be a different vibe there that gives you that, right? Exactly. It always happens. And and I've had that too, you know? It's like, oh, damn, there's too much drama here. I've had the same shit. Like, I'll go to the... And and this is another another piece here. But, like, you know, there's obviously different flavors in different meetings and different regions, right? Yeah. And if you go to the hood meetings, right... There's a lot more drama, like mm-hmm. in, in in a specific kind of way, right? Um, there's a lot. There's these are areas where people are are suffering in a specific type of way that deals with more primary needs, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? More of the the the, the shit that like f- from a cultural standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, who we've been you know uh, affected by. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. damn, you know, like that's intense. Mm-hmm. You know, and
1: one thing that and mm-hmm. and see, and that's why like. You know, going to meetings um, in South Central and where I'm mm-hmm. from, where I'm from, um, I, I bring what, you know, I went to Hamil- I, mm-hmm. Hamilton and, you know, all my West Side shit and mm-hmm. just like having been, you know, some places in the world and seen some things mm-hmm. and, and known some people. And, you know, mm-hmm. I try to bring what I know you know over there to and not that I know more but there's it's a different approach with going through the work yeah. with somebody that looks like me and is like me and it's, and and has you. been you know systematically oppressed and mm-hmm. and hasn't had access to the things that I've had mm-hmm. access to mm-hmm. you know so but the one thing that goes above and beyond like drama and the and the things that I've seen in the places that I've been is this god idea yeah right and once you implement the god idea it's okay. all possible right so that's what I've been trying to bring if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go to and so you know. My sponsor was telling me he was like, "Why don't you, you know, go back to meetings where you're from and where yeah. you live? Yeah, since you're so upset on the west side, yeah, you know, and bring something. Because right now you live where? I live in South Central, yeah, yeah, on okay, uh-huh, gotcha. the 30s. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, "So why don't you like bring something to that? Bring something to that. So you know, I started. You know, there's like all these old ladies, not old ladies, but they don't know how to use computers and shit. I make fly- flyers from their for their groups and do little things for mm-hmm. them that they can't do because they don't know how to do it, you know, and try to." You know, take some uh, some other people through the work over yeah. there. You know, and, and just bring yeah. something there. If it's I'm just gonna be hard, bro. There.
0: It's just hard. I mean, look, look. I so when I when I um, when I first started getting sober, there was it was a very, the meeting was wild as mm-hmm. fuck. It was a hood ass meeting, and this was during is in Trenton, New Jersey during the well, crack. that's different at, look, during the crack you know, evident. You know, yeah. this is wild, right? Yeah, and motherfuckers was like it was wild. Mm-hmm. Like people were like literally selling mixtapes of speakers like outside the shit just like you know just making money yeah i mean the shit was fucking crazy yeah there were fights and meetings it was wild as fuck Uh and um but there was also something really beautiful about it because i was new and i wanted that drama i wanted that wildness Uh you know what i'm saying and um oh man you know, but it was, yeah, and it was like, it was more emotional. It was, it was intense. Motherfuckers was out here speaking, you know, like, like I can't, I'll never forget. There was this one dude who, he was like a circuit speaker, right? And he was like, you know, he was like Malcolm X, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like he had yeah. been to jail for 20 years and got his PhD, you know, a yeah. whole shit. Uh-huh. And he would come out and he would just have his speech and everyone, I mean, he was he was like the dopest yeah. MC you ever heard. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. you know, at the little convention, you know, a thousand people there just fucking losing their minds at how dope he was. And and like I went up to him, at, at the and this was because I wanted to be him at this time. Yeah. I went up to him, you know, and I remember he he didn't have a time of day for me, and he left with a newcomer.
1: Wow, girl, you know, and uh-huh. it was like,
0: oh, the fact that you're like a dope ass orator. You know, in this meeting does not mean you're like the kind of person I want, you know, what I'm saying who, who I could even have in my life. And I have found that a lot uh, in the hood means where motherfuckers have really low bottoms for many, many years. And some have crossed like sort of the criminal line to the point where it's really hard to get back, even 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 clean and sober. Well, and you know? I think
1: I run into that yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you know? About that. And I think that there's you know it and it it like you were talking about it ties into um you know character defects right it ties into you know also growing up wanting things that i couldn't have right like it is there's oppression throughout even once you get sober Mm -hmm. right it's like there's this idea that i'm supposed to have more there's this idea Mm -hmm. that i'm supposed to have this guy or this girl Mm -hmm. especially being black it's Mm -hmm. like you know these are the you know it's it's it takes some work, right? Like, not only are we fighting an addiction, we're also fighting years and years and years of fucking oppression, years and years and years of wanting things that we couldn't have, years and years. you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot that goes into it, right? Where it's like, of course, that nigga leaving with the newcomer, you know what I mean? But right,
0: right, right, right oh Hi. man it was wild I remember he came back the next year and it, here's the thing that I couldn't fucking stand I had I, I get to get this shit off my chest I couldn't stand it because I would go to these meetings and motherfuckers would just talk so good
1: oh yeah oh my god because like, we talk good. right yeah. motherfuckers
0: would be talking about like, and then the next That's But why then there's rats, He's but... yeah <laughs> right he's breaking down the steps and he's got it all down to a science and you know what I mean Every, but it's like for basic ass shit like, how, like just getting up and brushing his teeth you know the first step told me to every time I take the toothpaste you're like motherfucker just brush your teeth you know what I mean Mm-hmm. <laughs> like no, but the real. same shit was like and then i remember like this the same guy the same guy the next year he was asked to speak again because he was a great orator and then he he had he had this he had become muslim all of a sudden
1: right mm-hmm.
0: but it was like six months later he had become muslim and he had this beautiful muslim name that he had you know what i'm saying and then like the following the following one that i went to that he was the speaker again <laughs> he was like I decided. I realized that I, I must shed my Muslim name because that was me on the character defects of pride and vanity. I mean, motherfuckers are yeah. crazy like that. And crazy. then it would and they would also be like sticklers for weird shit. And I don't know if this is, but and I think a lot of us just you know we're addicts. You know we go to the extreme. Some of us have a lot of other issues, OCD, whatever. A lot but I remember of this one dude, brilliant. But he would be like, you know, he would he would spend like five minutes talking about how you don't say you don't say um you don't say stick and stay. You, I mean, it would like like. Just weird little, like, like little terminology shit uh-huh. you know like if you say like can you take us out at the end of like some kind of meeting motherfuckers will be like oh no, no don't say take us out you know and, I, and this was very specifically that i found like the hood ass meetings mm-hmm. and i got to this point and a lot of people who are stuck on loops mm-hmm. you understand what i'm saying where yeah. you're just like hey it's how you doing bro he can't say anything but yo god yo bless 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 up god this and i'm just like can we have a conversation about life well I- i'd like to hear your take on that because i've experienced that and that's
1: been an issue for me so my I think me, um, one of my sponsees, Liana, who Mm -hmm. is also black, light-skinned, we went to the same high school, Mm -hmm. she shoots dope too. Mm -hmm. You know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, not only, you know, I was fortunate to come up in LA where our recovery is amazing right yeah, so yeah. we have you guys have a we good have, i'm new here so we yeah, have yeah. the like okay. our shit is organized yeah. i mean when we talk about the hood in la it's not like the hood compared to trenton okay. you know it's what i mean yeah. it's a very different situation yeah, 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 yeah. but what i have found is the way that um some of the people and it has worked for some you Mm -hmm. know so and then a lot of the guys that do fuck the newcomers have helped a lot of people Mm -hmm. as well like maybe they don't apply it to their lives but they have the ability to take other people he's not a useless
0: individual I mean you can't say that right? right. you know
1: they have the ability to take other people through the work and like they do amazing you know so But um, right. I think I think in every group there's going to be I mean, if you Christian, if you Muslim, if you this, if you that like us, you know, we in AA, there's going to be those people like yeah. there's going to be those people where like the reason why I didn't like going to missionary Baptist church is because, you know, the preacher was fucking the girl and yeah. his wife was sitting there every Sunday with the hats, you yeah. know, or like, you know, everybody else is broke, but he's pulling up in the bins. You know, you got the church fund, the yeah. building fund, all that kind of shit. So and that's what kind of so it's the same thing that's happening in AA. But what I have tried to do, and that's why I have gone, the way that I have been taken through the work, Mm -hmm. um, I don't feel like it's like the best or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But there's this way where like as a sponsor, even I'm completely um, myself. Right, like I've I've never changed, and I think my sponsees can attest to that. Where like you know, I'm not like the best example of like the proper AA person, right? Sure. Like I'm on my phone, like I'm like, yeah, I you know, I had a lot of shit to work out, sure, right? Sure. Like sometimes I don't listen, you know what I mean? Like, but I know how to sit down one on one with somebody and take them through. And the way that I have been able to do that, the way that I've been shown to do that has has just shown to be efficient, right? And has led me to this 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 the spiritual experience by which I can live, right? Yep. Where like I don't live in fear, where like I can see my dealer and like not be afraid I don't have to you know I can go where any free man can go Hold right Based that based uh, everything that the book talks about has yep. happened for me yep. right like every fucking thing the way that I have been taken through the work so what I have been trying to do because what I've seen in South Central mm. is that people are still you know stuck in inventory you know people mm. are some some you know have been so. I'm talking 10-11 years ain't finished in inventory haven't made any amends there's no freedom in that yep. right like the, the whole piece is 1 through 12 -hmm. Right, and so what I've been trying to do is get back You know, and go back and show like South Central that there is a way up and out. Like it's not just like about, you know, yeah, go to the meetings and show up and you can talk in your loops and do these things, but like it really is about how you're living in homes, occupations, and affairs, and like how can we get there? How can you get to where you don't feel like you need to be at a meeting? Like how how can we get there? How can we get back to reintegration? How can you start living again where like you're not hiding behind the fact, well, you know I'm an addict, so that's why I have these behaviors, you know? And um and I think that's what I, I, the west Side gave me that yes. kind of understanding of the book yes i found that on the west and um i think that it is one of my purposes to take it back to the south I, you know? I, I, no
0: i think that's great i mean that you 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 can you know inject like a you know fresh perspective into that into that and i know. can' because yeah. i'm from there hundred percent and, and you, know? I, you know it's just you know but i also wonder about you know you're talking about um two things. One is you, you mentioned, I'm backing this up, but you mentioned the hood in, um,
1: <laughs> Trenton being different. Trenton being than different in, and,
0: and I'm not saying that I'm offended. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm curious as what you mean by that. Because I don't, I don't know LA well enough. All I know is like, you know, you know, Trenton, you know what I'm saying? And that I mean, type of vibe. It sounds like it, you, you have a little bit more experience. With I mean, both. the
1: stuff I see, I mean, my family, my mom's side is from Nashville. The hood there is even different. You know, it's a hood, like there's yeah. poverty. Yeah. yeah, And South Central i mean there is but not really you know mm-hmm. like we got palm trees like mm-hmm. usually like whatever hoods you bang it's because like that's where your grandmother's house is okay you know what i mean okay, like I you know black people i mean the east side you know i mean but then you know you you run into like because gangs are here and they originated yes. here you know i got cousins i have a cousin that's the same age as me maybe a year older uh he's doing 183 years to life mm-hmm. uh he's from a gang uh mm-hmm. and uh You know he's never even he doesn't even really go he when he was out of jail he never even really went to the grove you know like he you know stayed on his block and like put in work and did what he had to do in his hood but i think (laughs) i'm gonna quote like i think i heard vic mensa say it oh i like this okay um he said that you know because he's from long beach i Mm -hmm. think and he said that like when he went on tour, he like got to like go around the country and see like different neighborhoods mm. and shit. And like when he got home, you know, he came outside of his house and he like looked up and he was like staring at palm trees. Yeah, you know. And so, um, South Central is is beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of history here, like beautiful history. Yeah. I'm not taken away from like you know, and, and it's just it's like just the way that it looks, you know. Mm-hmm. But, um. You know, South Central um, is a beautiful yeah. place to grow up. I feel you know that. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But you don't, like my cousin, you know, isn't Vic Mensa. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't travel the country. So he's a product of his environment and he mm-hmm. only knows where he comes from and where he comes from, it's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I feel for people in my neighborhood who haven't had the experiences or the chances to get out, you mm-hmm. know, and see other things or like, you know, we're talking about generational um, like, you know, not I don't want to call it a curse, but just generations that have stayed in like this one neighborhood that was once thriving and then crack hit, mm-hmm. you know, and then your parents are smokers or drug dealers or they're in jail, you know, and now you bang in the hood and then you end up in jail, you know. So I mean i was fortunate enough to have a mother who was in the music industry so because of that i've seen a lot you know and before i moved to south central my mom was smoking we mo- went from living in silver lake to los Feliz, you know i moved to 39th at normandy I had a boyfriend from Fodies and all that shit and mm-hmm. like they were flocking houses and stuff but i think like what is that what a flocking flock- stealing <laughs> robbing flocking, houses holy shit. but i think yeah, the reason why I, w- I wasn't you know from a hood or like mm-hmm. whatever was because of where I was prior to moving to the hood, okay, right? I so I think, and with me being addicted to drugs and all of these mm-hmm. things, I think if I would've, cause I don't think you know, I grew up in Los Feliz, Silver Lake, and then moved to South Central when I was my first year of high school. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it was about like where I live. I think even if I was in South Central, I would have probably still been a drug addict, you know, yeah. like it, did, yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have skipped me based on circumstance. But I think that, you know, the way that my life would have played out and the things I would have been attracted to would have been a lot different. Right. Yeah. Like it would have been more about money. It would have been mm-hmm. more about this. It would have been more about that. And that's why you know people in the hood you know because i lived both of those lives like Mm -hmm. i understand it a bit more Mm um uh i i get why those are the things that a a lot of people are after when they get into recovery Uh yeah yeah. i also have had the experience of you know of getting sober on the west so like i've been around you know different things you know so i i get it a bit more and like Mm -hmm. and yeah it's 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 you know drama but then you know the drama on the west is that A everybody yeah. everybody want to act like they from the hood from the podium you <laughs> the know f- yeah i hear
0: that well the thing
1: is that's funny <laughs> <laughs> like they actually like did some shit in the streets it, it's just like it's cool like let's just yeah. talk like it's fine yeah, you know we can just I mean? be like regular ass people it's yeah, fine yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. no and i
0: think that the thing when i think about you know uh, my own experience is you know i was i, I was essentially exiled you know because of getting clean you know uh you know i where i was there was a lot of traumatic violence and a lot of shit going on um and when i decided when i was fortunate enough you know to be able to actually get clean i was faced with either i'm gonna be i have to extricate myself Mm -hmm. like i had to completely turn my back on 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 the hood on my hood you know Mm -hmm. uh and be thought of as like a fucking snitch. I wasn't a snitch, but be thought everyone. It's like if you weren't down, if you weren't in, you were just a fucking snitch. Yeah, you know. No, for sure. And 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 so like, there's a part of me that's like, wow. When I go back into that environment, even in the meetings side of the environment, I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers, this is just like,
1: yeah, full I of should've. shit, bro. And, and like and like yeah, and like, because I, I
0: even the steps, man, motherfuckers be like, knowing the steps, chapter and verse, but you All ain't living it. that shit all of it anyways whatever and I really appreciate your perspective on on, on bringing something fresh to that environment because that's real I guess I was just so young like you you know what I mean that it's like hard well
1: and also the Mm -hmm. thing that I'm grateful for too Mm -hmm. is that I you know I've relapsed yeah like so so I didn't come in and stay right so I you know was still running the streets and like doing certain things and being certain places and Mm -hmm. being around different people and I think the the thing for me was i love my city so much that you know i you know when i would get into a treatment center i knew where to go yeah. you know so it was kind of like but now i can go i can be anywhere in my city and yeah. i feel like I, love that. I can't be there like i got high here i relapsed yeah. here and like i got sober here yeah. you know all in these streets That's like i shot dope down the that, street see, that's
0: a beautiful message you got high know? I think that's an important message you know message, at
1: work you know? at my two cents you yeah. know what i mean like everybody knows raven was raven would be sober mm-hmm. then raven would be getting fucked up like yeah. that's my story they know that like oh here come raven you know or like oh raven you look mm-hmm. good you start like that is my story mm-hmm. and 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 because of that i can i can be in my city yeah
0: no I th- see i think that's beautiful i think you know we got to get you to the point where now you know you're able to you know, uh, navigate balance with, with some of these, uh, you know, relationships and friendships and family scenarios so that you're able to, um, you know, um, not feel as bogged down by other people's shit. I know that feeling and, and, you know, the journey continues.
1: It continues. You and, know. That, and that's definitely my next step yeah, you know, yeah. is, um, because if I continue at the pace that I'm going with, you know, you know helping another alcoholic mm-hmm. be my primary purpose it, it almost ensures mm-hmm. um permanent sobriety mm-hmm. so if i'm gonna stay this way i don't want to have time and be crazy
0: yeah exactly no you know? and i think i think you're i think <laughs> no so I, you know i think that it's good but, that you're paying attention but to I'm that
1: hard-headed oh you know God. how long it took me to get sober do you know how long it's gonna take me to get into a fucking Holy al-anon shit. meeting and i need it yeah I fucking need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get and it. I, I mean, I be, after our conversation, I hit mm-hmm. up my homegirl, this Heavy and allen on. I was like, listen, send me the list of Zoom yeah. I have them. Yeah,
0: yeah, the right have there. Have I gone?
1: <laughs> no, but that's how I was, I you know? It. And that doesn't make it okay, but mm-hmm. I pray for the willingness.
0: That's good. Well, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like you to just maybe, you know, share a little bit about like some of the dopest shit, like some, like, you know, something beautiful that recovery has given you.
1: Okay, I'm going to wrap it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I'm just no, um, when I talk about what sobriety has given me, um, you know, I, I never felt like I stood for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what I what I stood for as a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the one thing that um, a person can't shake. Right. And like, you know, you talked about when you said like you felt like like you weren't like um, good enough or worth anything or like attractive mm-hmm. or whatever, like you know i didn't know that once i found this thing that i stood for like all of those fears and not that they go completely out the window because they come back but i have the tools to deal with them today right but there's this like i stand for something right this like this foundation that can't be sh- it can't be shook like it can't be shaken like there's this one thing that like that comes before everything else right and like my relationships um you know it like nothing can rock it right mm-hmm. like this is what i come with like i am a sober woman mm-hmm. Um, who um, helps others Mm -hmm. and um, who and the other thing that sobriety has given me is um, the ability to never have to be anywhere I don't want to be anywhere Mm -hmm. anymore right Mm -hmm. like I remember being in situations demoralizing situations um, because I couldn't leave because the sack was there Mm -hmm. right there were certain things that I that I would do that um, that that were devastating to me as yep. a person, like my morals and, um, and, and things, right? Mm. And 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 that's something that um, I, w- I don't want to say doesn't happen all the time, right? But like I said, right, it has given me uh, I have these tools that deal with them now. The other thing that sobriety has given me, if I want to be completely honest, is uh, and I want to, is the um, the truth to know that the twelve like the twelve steps revealed to me that all I do is think about myself, mm. all. Day <laughs> and also you got to be full of shit to be in recovery to not realize that like That's it real. is all about me and i and believe it or not i didn't know that yeah right selfish right. and self-centered to my core right um uh, apart from spiritual help i'm doomed apart from you know um from seeking that, and I can't stay consciously connected at all times. I don't believe in that, right? Um, the way I access God is definitely through other people, through messages, through conversations, through honesty about how I'm living. That has always been the number one thing that has mm-hmm. kept me afloat. Is like complete transparency with at least one person about who I'm fucking, what I'm stealing, like how I'm living has been the number one thing, the honesty about how I'm living has been the number one thing that has given me this willingness and this drive for That's life great. and to live. You know? And that
0: fifth step is huge with that, where like you finally like say some shit,
1: you, you know some like shit. some real honest shit and then you realize and you got to keep saying some shit
0: but then they like they don't run away they don't they're not scared the sponsor's not scared of whoever you tell us It's like uh-huh. no I, I still love you even though you did that yeah, shit yeah, yeah, i yeah. did shit worse uh-huh. or whatever yeah that's and then yesterday piece. i
1: did that shit <laughs> and i gotta tell you about yesterday <laughs> yeah. and the day before no you and know And what i'm gonna do tomorrow yeah because or what i'm planning
0: on doing tomorrow that's big right because then yeah because you know, then mm-hmm. maybe you
1: can in, or not or but not i told you but you know but now we
0: have those speed bumps you know and that's what we talk about that space
1: yeah and i think that's it and just yeah. So, I what's mean, your
0: life now? What are you doing? You're you're working. What are you doing?
1: I'm working. Um, I work uh, really hard. <laughs> uh-huh. I didn't see. You do mad
0: shit. You're in music shit. Music I mean, shit. Uh-huh.
1: Um, I I'm I'm all over the place Mm -hmm. but you know the other thing Mm -hmm. that I thought too was that I had to be high to move like I have a lot of energy and I also had a lot of energy when I was on drugs like the thing about opiates was they gave me energy like they didn't make me like sometimes I would catch a knob but not heroin gave me energy I tweak on it like and so my fear was that I was never going to get my energy back. Like, mm-hmm. I was never going to have this, like, drive to wake up in the morning and, like, walk a dog or, like, do yeah. whatever, you know? Yeah. And, and that has come. Um,
0: so, you got the energy and you're putting it in, a, in, in productive places. I don't
1: tire so easily either, you know? Okay.
0: So, what are you doing with all this energy? What do you do? Hmm. Well, I mean, so, give me some more specifics. What are you doing? What work are you doing right now? Like, what? what you, well, how are you making money? Come on. <laughs> how are you sustaining yourself? Um, how are you I, self-supportive?
1: Well, I I'm an amazing executive assistant to this CFO of this company. Okay. Um, I assist with managing a a super amazing rap group, yeah,
0: I think you should shout them out
1: uh-huh Coast Contra. oh yeah, um, and for I those love you guys. Coast
0: Contra is like legit and i mean they're amazing, very talented uh-huh. yeah, mm-hmm. and
1: they're um they're actually uh four boys that got to see and experience me and my addiction and me out of my addiction wow. like they they witnessed and saw, mm-hmm. and um you know, I also was uh. The manager of a, a restaurant called My Two Cents, yeah, um, yeah. and a catering director there, mm-hmm. and which
0: is a staple in the mid city. Yeah, you know, it's down community. the street, yeah, and, yeah. And
1: um, that's my family. Mm-hmm. My auntie, who is another person that has uh, watched me throughout my addiction, and and an, a, an a person who has always held me up and accepted me and took me back in, even after you know shooting dope in her bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just like a person that has like really been here for me and has always believed in me. Um, my whole life since I was shit since I was four years old. Mm. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of things I have, you know, the I'm still searching mm-hmm. for what exactly I want to do or from a what, career level for, or whatever. for a career yeah. level. I mean, here's the deal, and I don't know. I never thought that I would be nothing more than a junkie. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything at this point is. Um, the cherry on top.
0: I love that. And know? that's so important. You and know?
1: and another thing I found myself that I, I love to do is make introductions. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And build relationships. Yeah. you're I, I've
0: noticed you, you're, you're a natural networker. I'm a natural yeah.
1: person that loves to link people together yeah. and, and not get anything from return, yeah, yeah, you know, just yeah. being from here and all my experience and what I've seen and what I know and, and growing up in the music industry, you know, I have a, a natural ear and eye for certain things that other people don't. Um, you know, I used to, my mom was a singer and my godmother and my uncle and everybody's in the industry and, um, uh, and, and, and they've done very well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody always asks me like, Raven, can you sing or, right. you know, Raven, can you do these things? And I'm like, no, but I got an eye and I got a ear.
0: That's good. You yeah, know? that's good. And I think that, you know, it's, you know, you're, you're at the age where like monetizing, a lot of those things is going to, you know, it's starting to manifest and will continue to, you In know, as you're doing way. some management work and as you, you know, that networking, that knack for networking is, 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 uh, you know, uh, going to pay dividends, I think. But I, I you know, I, I love that you said that this is like, you know, the cherry on top. Cause it is. it's like, boom, you know, you know that like, you know, your, your true purpose.
1: I mean, my sponsor, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck Trump, you know, mm-hmm. and fuck him. But you mm-hmm. know, my sponsor always just reminds me that like I mean I would probably still be like fuck yeah. him if oh, I yeah. was shooting dope but yeah, yeah. you know, I wouldn't probably care about it as much. And and that's, that's what um I'm always reminded of and I always try to go back to basics because number one, the number one thing that I love to do was uh, cook up a shot. That's it. Right? That's yeah. it. Like yeah. there was nothing else I could think yeah. about that I like to do more than shoot go cop, go cook, yeah. go shoot. Yeah. Smoke too. Right. And being that that's not my, my morning starts off at 630 with walking my dog, lighting some sage, saying a prayer, getting dressed for work, going to work, coming here, having energy, going to go hike, you know, just like yeah. little things like that. Maybe make some phone calls, answer my sponsee's calls still have energy, go to sleep, wake up. Do it all over again is something that I never thought I'd be able to achieve in this life. And being that I can, and being that I do, lets me know that like miracles happen. Lets me know that I'm a miracle, and that there's nothing of like it. It just really is, you know, the cherry on top of everything that I thought I ever wanted. Like the this life that I have is like things that I, like I never thought I I could have, right? Mm-hmm and um and and because of that i'm grounded and because of that i stand for something so the money thing and i'm not saying that i don't want no money i like nice things Hell i yeah. mean that's just th- i mean the one thing about me is that i've always liked nice shit like that's mm-hmm. not something you know you got two
0: phone fo- two nice phones right I'm, in front two of me nice and phones. a fucking eye wash <laughs> but, i'm
1: sorry for, but yeah, i good. um yeah I think and, and I think, too, what grounds me and like not being so money hungry and like mm-hmm. maybe I do have to replace like, OK, like, you know, Raven, you do a lot in recovery. Like, what is it that you want to do? But I think with as long as I do what's in front of me and continue to help other people from what I've seen and from what has worked for me mm-hmm. and through a lot of fear inventory, I've seen that as long as I'm doing God's work, mm-hmm. like everything else that I think I want and desire will come. That's beautiful. And that's how I live.
0: Yo, thank you so much for you're doing
1: welcome. this. you welcome.
0: Yo, you're the truth. You're a true LA queen. What's your sign? I'm a Pisces. Uh, you're Why? the only
1: Pisces that I like. Really? <laughs> no, and Eric, Why? Jamal, of okay. course. <laughs> okay. okay. What
0: well, what is yours?
1: I'm an Aries. Okay. I'm March 31st.
0: Wow. When are you March what? I'm March 4th.
1: Okay, you got Hold on, I think you got.
0: Are you going to read my signs and shit? I've never really been about all the signs. No, no,
1: you're fine. A lot of men aren't.
0: (laughs) Oh shit! Let
1: me see. I think you got somebody. That's
0: true. Most of the people I know who are are about that sign life are women. Are women?
1: women. Uh huh. But maybe that's because we just a little bit more advanced.
0: (laughs) Oh. Let me
1: see. No, you're right before my godmother.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But anyway. All right. Well, yo, thanks again. You're welcome, um,
1: Pisces.
0: This is medicine.
1: Yeah. International travel. I unfurl and unravel my flag. Back in my bags. Headed back from the lab. Back of the cab. Pull out the schedule. The iPad. Full of Ron's vocal sessions. My book in his ninth draft. My pen is endless. I'm sick and he pen of these men are killing for cream. the thinking thick and the sand. And I tend to reveal the truth. Like a wardrobe malfunction. i making them feel the proof. Prepared for mass assumption. Catch a-